The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Join Paul as he chats with today's green industry experts and leaders about how to build a successful business and live a purposeful life. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Well, a warm welcome from the beautiful state of Georgia. Joined today from Alabama is a lawn care legend on YouTube, Mr. Jason Creole. What is up, my friend? Doing good. Just enjoying my Saturday at home and then uh, actually got a new customer today, so that was good. And then always working in my own yard, so but glad to be with you today. Well, I certainly appreciate your time. And I've been watching you. You probably had less than 1,000 subscribers on YouTube when I started tracking with your videos. I used to watch Geek the Freak. And uh, remember old Greg Chisholm's videos? Was that Geek the Freak? Back in the day, I used to watch. Yeah, him. I mean, I didn't know. I don't know. I never knew his real name. But yeah, I mean, I know him, but oh, I, yeah, I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know his actual name. Well, his name was Greg Chisholm, but then you would always pop up and suggested it. it'd be B and B Lawn yeah. Care and Brian Topnotch and Lawn Care Rookie, and you guys were kind of the old school guys back in 2013, probably. And I, I remember just watching your videos from for years. Now you got 38,000 subscribers. You got your academy uh, that people are being trained up in how to run a lawn care business. So it's just been really cool to watch you over the last six seven years just really uh take this thing to the whole nother level it is something i enjoy i mean basically my thought is i just you know i'm running my own lawn business actually running my third lawn business and so you know if you follow my channel i I basically just talk about whatever i'm experiencing in my own business so i did a lot of mowing uh now i'm doing a lot of weed control and fertilization and so my thought is if i have an issue in my business uh, there's probably a good chance other people have the same issue or if something you know good happens to my business or some marketing strategy working i figure you know what i bet this would work for other people too <laughs> you know and, and same thing if i have a customer that uh every time i tell a story about a customer I, people will leave comments and they're like oh man i've got the same customer <laughs> in my business you know so i think people can relate because i just like i said i just share my own real life experiences and, and you know lawn businesses are not that much different no matter where they are absolutely so years ago before you published that first video did you envision you'd have 38,000 subscribers one day and all these doors were open or are you just thinking I'm just going to make a video well the way I started um, and, and I've probably been doing YouTube seven or eight years I had a friend of mine he was a real estate agent and he told me he said hey you need to uh, start doing some videos he was talking about how he got about 95% of his leads in real estate was through the internet and I'd always kind of had an interest in the internet and using it for business so I re- originally started mostly for search engine optimization i thought you know this can help my own uh, business and help my rankings on google and lead the business one day so he, he told me he's like hey you borrow my camera and just go out here and you know just shoot a video and then i and i did i'm not saying i necessarily know what i'm doing now but i really didn't back then and so i just i just went out there and i still remember the first video i sat uh shot i sat on my back uh, i want to picnic table in my backyard and the video is still on youtube but it's how much money can you make in the lawn care business 
And who knows what I said in the video, but, uh, you know, that's kind of how I got my start. And as I kept doing it, it sort of morphed into a side business almost. And, um, and now it's, it definitely takes up a lot of time. I wish I would have known, you know, then what I know now. I could think it is an advantage of being one of the older ones on YouTube in the lawn care industry. But the problem is I didn't really take it that seriously in the early days. And that probably cost me a good bit, but that's okay. So what would say with your time now, what percentage is it to your actual lawn care company and uh, running that versus basically you own a media company uh, or however you want to call it, your YouTube channel, what percentage of your time goes to operating that and the academy and all the kind of online business? that you've kind of stumbled into yeah i i mean i still uh run my lawn business you know like this is my third lawn business so we moved four years ago a little over four years ago so i'm in my fifth year of my current lawn business well in my in the fifth year of a lawn business i'm still very heavily involved in the day-to-day operations of the business so uh and probably will be for the foreseeable future so um with that being said i mean i'm working you know i'd say at least 40 hours a week in my lawn business mm-hmm. so the the youtube is is on the side you know so I, i'm trying to do three videos a week that sometimes that happens sometimes it doesn't um but i don't know i probably put maybe 10 hours a week into youtube and uh, between you know trying to shoot three videos answering comments uh well i actually probably put maybe a little bit more than that now because i'm doing a little bit of coaching this year i took on five uh, coaching clients and that's been really enjoyable so we have a uh, every other week phone call um, with those guys individually so you know it, it's gotten busy i did the conference last couple of years when that rolls around that takes up a lot of time so i'm trying to just be honest with you i'm trying to think of i'm always experimenting like what what can i do uh, differently on the internet but then also thinking like what do i actually enjoy doing like do i enjoy a one-on-one coaching call do i enjoy making youtube videos of course my whole, everything revolves around youtube but um, do i enjoy doing the conference so i try different things but um, also you know and then kind of go through that and think what did i enjoy doing what made money what didn't make money um, um, you know, and that sort of thing. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and start back in the day with the first business. I'm curious. I don't know the full story with the first and second businesses. I've kind of been tracking the the real, you know, the active business that you had now. But was that first business that you sold, was that intentional? I'm going to start a business, build it and sell it? Or did you start it and then have to sell it? For, can you tell us a little bit of that story? Yeah. So I started my first business, I think uh, it was 2007. And I just, I had bought this book from a guy named Dan Miller. He's a, a business coach kind of guy. Oh, yeah. I'd heard him advertised on the Dave Ramsey show. Yeah. And, and so, uh, he had a book out called 48 days to the work you love. So I bought, um, that book, I believe it was in that time, I think it was like a three ring binder workbook thing that I bought. And then you had another one called 48 Days to Creative Income. And it was more about starting uh, your own business. So mm-hmm. I bought those books from Dan and I had, you know, just had a desire to have my own business. And I didn't, I didn't know what kind of business to start, but I just thought, well, lawn, lawn business. I didn't know much about that or have a lot of experience, but I thought, I think that's something I could probably do. And it wouldn't be that much money to get started. And I had a, a friend kind of mentor person that gave me a little bit of money to help me get started, which was super helpful. And going through Dan's book, I just started, I'd, I'd had a lot of really bad jobs before then. And so when I started a lawn business, yeah, it was some work involved. Um, but you know, compared to the jobs that I had had, which were terrible jobs with terrible pay, uh, I realized really quickly, I said, this has got way more potential than 
anything I've done. So I did that. And in the fifth year, as my business was growing, somebody approached me about buying it. So I wasn't necessarily looking to sell, but I had somebody approach me about buying it. And we worked out a deal and, and ended up selling it and kept a, a small portion of it. But I had a, a non-compete agreement in the you know larger area. I just had this small market that I didn't have a non-compete in it. So I kept just this little small portion and ran that for a couple of years. And then we decided to move. Our family moved, um, you know, two hours north or so. So I sold the rest of it off, uh, and then moved up here and started what I'm considering my third line business. And you know, you do something three times, whether whatever it is, when I'm, you're putting a putt on the green, you know, playing golf, you know, you might miss the first two times, but the third time you got a better chance to make it. So I, I learned a lot from the first two and. The third one is is definitely going better. Cool. Now that first one, when did you get married? Were you single or were you married the whole time you're running that business? I I got let's see, I started in 2007. I got married in 2009, so I've got married two years into it. Okay. So what would you say to somebody who, for whatever reason, you know, they have several accounts, they have their their P and Ls, they're they're profitable, they're making money, but let's say they got to move to another state or something happened physically, they're no longer able to uh, actually you know run the company and wants to sell it. What are some key pointers that you learned from doing it two times of what to do and what not to do? Yeah, I mean I think it's like selling anything. If I was going to sell a lawnmower, you want to think what's the best time of year to sell a zero turn lawnmower. I mean common sense would tell you probably in the spring. That's when people are getting geared up and ready to start cutting grass for the year. So if if you sold it in in November or December right before Christmas, you're probably not going to get a top dollar for it. But if you wait until March, you got a lot better chance of selling it. A lot more people looking to it. So same thing, selling a house, whatever. So same with a business. You know, you you got a you know, there's not a huge number of people looking to acquire a business, but there are people. So you know, I was fortunate that somebody came to me, and so that that was very helpful. But the second time, I actually you know marketed the business a little bit and and you know to me that what what i learned from it was uh you hear people say anything's worth what somebody's willing to pay for and that's true um but you know i think a lot of times lawn care business people need to realize their business does have value and it doesn't necessarily matter if you have a bunch of contracts or no contract it has value based on this amount of income that's coming in on a monthly basis and so let's say that your business generates fifteen thousand dollars a month or so you know well that you know that's that has value whether it's written on a piece of paper on a contract or doesn't written on you know not written on a piece of paper it doesn't matter that you can't just duplicate that overnight and that takes a lot of time to build that so with that being said i think it's like selling anything you gotta understand what it's worth and hold to that value and try not to be in a desperate situation to sell and and you know if, if you don't get what you're looking for then you may have to come off of that but to me you got to know what it's worth and um because, like I said, I, I think and the opposite is true if you're buying a business. I mean, if you find somebody that's willing to just let it go for next to nothing, um, you know, it's all, sometimes a, a really good opportunity to grow your business. But for me, I, I knew, you know, if somebody called me earlier this year about acquiring my business, I told them, I said, it's going to take a lot to get my business. You're going to have to overpay. 
you know, mm-hmm. because I'm not giving up my full-time income. Uh, because truth be told, when I did sell my business, it was a, it was a difficult transition out of that. You know, it, it's hard to just ramp that back up again. So I would say don't don't give it up unless you really get a good value for it. Unless you're just tired of it and you're just ready to quit, then you know. Just get what you can. So you sold your accounts plus the equipment. Yes, I did. So, but like I said, the the biggest value there is the is there are the accounts. You know how much money is it generating, and it's it's immediate revenue that's coming in. And then how did so how did you go in that transition? So if you were cutting, you know, Mrs. Smith's yard, and then you sold it to this new guy, how did you communicate that with your old customer? Hey, a new guy's coming. You're going to pay him instead of paying me. How did that not get sloppy? Yeah, I, you know, like I said, I did it twice. Once was a, a lot larger scale than the other. And I think that's the part that the old owner can really go out of their way to make the transition work smoothly. I mean, obviously, both owners need to, the old owner and the new owner. But I just, I mean, I literally called every single customer. I mean, or at least almost every single one. Um on the phone and had a personal conversation with them. And that took hours. And then if there were any commercial accounts, you know, we, I, myself and the new owner, um, would go by and see them in person, introduce him in person. Um, we sent out a letter, I believe that, uh, told about the transition. So, you know, there really wasn't much turnover initially. And I think if you do that, if the person goes out of their way to make the transition, you know, it, again, you don't want to sell a business in the middle of the winter because they've got a lot of time to try to find somebody to replace you. But if it's a customer that you've had for several years and you sell the business in the middle of the growing season, then they're not, the customers are usually not looking to make a change if they liked you. And if you say, hey, I, re- I really recommend this new owner, you know, then most of the time they're going to give them a chance. And if you go out of your way to help make that transition possible, now it's on the new owner to make sure that, that transition carries over and goes well. You know, they have to make sure they go out of their way to make that first impression on the new, on the customers excellent so that they don't lose them. Or get, have any reason to think, oh, wow, this new owner's not near as good as the old owner. I'm thinking about making a switch. Totally. Well, that's that's a really cool story, and, and uh, I appreciate you sharing the insights on that. You mentioned your influence of Dave Ramsey. Have you been operating with debt-free principles, or how has, how has Dave Ramsey um, influenced your life and your business? I have not totally operated with debt-free principles, though I do uh, I wish I had, honestly. I mean, I, I like the uh, I like the the principles that he operates by. But no, I've taken on some debt. Uh, I financed a vehicle. Um, currently, my business does not have any debt, and I'm, I hope to keep it that way. I mean, and I tell people all the time, you know, um, you can go get like zero percent financing on a lawnmower, you know, maybe a, a vehicle, things like that. But doesn't always mean it's the right thing to do just because somebody will do it. So, I mean, you, you see that happen in not just lawn business, but business in general. People get so cash strapped and they're thinking, well, I can go finance this lawnmower and my payments are only $300 a month or $200 a month and I'm generating this much revenue with it. But yeah, but you know, I get all that and, I, and there might be a time for that. But if you're so behind the ball and cash all the time, then 
then, you know, and, and you haven't even paid a mower off before it starts needing repairs and it's almost time to replace it and get another one. You know, I just, I don't, I don't personally like that. I want to be to the point where my business is profitable enough. And that's why I'm always encouraging people to evaluate their pricing, raise your pricing if you need to. You know, if you're just getting by and you can't afford to upgrade your equipment, then it, it's probably a reflection that your business is not doing as good as you think it is. So, you know, I think cash problems and cash flow problems and debt and those things really hinder a lot of people forever really growing. Wow. Well, thank you for your insights on that. I'd like to transition a little bit and talk about the social media aspect. I know you shared that uh, your buddy encouraged you for search engine optimization to get plugged in on YouTube. But when was the moment when the light bulb kind of went on, you know, off inside your head and you're like, wow, like there's something bigger than maybe I originally uh, intended here with this whole YouTube thing? Yeah, I um trying to think if there I don't know that there was necessarily a light bulb moment my channel has has just been a steady gradual growth the whole time I never really had the point where it just took off and and part of that's my own fault again I I didn't know what I was doing I didn't have a necessarily a YouTube strategy uh, back in the day like I I have at least somewhat of one now so you know I wish I would have had taken advantage of of being one of the earlier ones on YouTube. But um, I think it's, it's, you know, when I, I, I had my channel for several years, honestly, before I knew you can even monetize your channel. I didn't know that you could turn the ads (laughs) on. I mean, I did it literally for years (laughs) and made no money. I I, I started selling an ebook. And so, um, but I was making next to nothing, you know, Uh but when I, um, so I figured that that you could turn on the ads. Yeah. And I thought, so if I might make like two dollars a day, and I thought, oh wow, and that was like the easiest two dollars ever made. I didn't do anything. All I did was like have my videos, and and now they gave me two dollars. So it, it started very small, and I guess I had I was easy to please at the time. But and then you start understanding there's just a whole. I mean, YouTube is a whole monster in its own itself. I don't use monster in a bad way. I'm just saying like it's it's a so much strategy and behind that and how to be effective on YouTube and why does this video get a million views and this one gets almost no video uh, no views. And you know what's funny is two my top two performing videos at this very moment are two of what I would consider to be my absolute worst videos. And I I'm not taking them down because they get uh they're they're the ones that are my top two mm-hmm. monetized videos as far as how much money I make per month off those two videos, and one of them gets a ton of thumbs downs I mean almost <laughs> more thumbs downs than thumbs up, and I don't blame them for giving a thumbs down. I'm like, yeah, I really didn't uh, get to the point on that video, and the content's really not that great and um but for whatever reason, it performs very well, and the other one is something that has nothing to do with lawn care business. And it it does extremely well. And I'm thinking, why would I take that down? You know, because I've got some really good videos, in my opinion, that give a lot of great content. And for whatever reason, they don't get that many views. And I make almost no money off of those. So Wow. So, I mean, I'm looking here at your channel right now. you got about 8 million views, 38,000 subscribers. I mean, that's just so strong. So did you, you know, were you like, wow, I got this big audience. I should probably, you know, I could help with an ebook and with an academy and with a conference. Or did you already have, a, hey, I want to do an ebook, a conference, and this? I need to get the audience. Or what kind of came first? Well, I'd always heard, you know, get the audience first. Mm-hmm. And, 
like I said, I wasn't trying to monetize it all at first. I thought, well, this could help my own local business. That was always my focus. Okay. And then, or not always my focus, but initially it was. And then I, I initially came out with an ebook, and I think I was selling it for like $19 or something. Now, this was mm-hmm. probably six or seven years ago. And then um, I, I wasn't selling many of those at all. I didn't, I don't think I had a dedicated website to sell them. Uh, I ended up putting those on Amazon, I think, and they were selling for like maybe $9 or something. I was making virtually nothing, mm-hmm. you know. And then I, uh, it wasn't until maybe two or three years ago that I, I changed the ebook. I sort of raised the price on the ebook. I started doing some logos. I started doing other things. But then I came out with a video course two or three years ago, and those are just seem to be more popular than eBooks mm-hmm. nowadays. And people like video, and it made sense since I was already on YouTube and people watch me on video just to uh, teach on video. So there was a lot of work behind putting that together, but that, you know, that was profitable and, and still is today. Um, but again, I, I still make uh, a lot more money in my own local business than I do on YouTube. I think the YouTube thing has tons of potential uh, as I, it was two years ago or a year and a half ago when we did the first conference, I actually met this lady at a, at another conference, not a lung care conference, something totally unrelated. And she found out I had a YouTube channel and she's like, you need to do a, your own conference. And I'd never really given that a lot of thought. And I thought, okay, whatever, I'll do it. You know, and, um, my in-laws own a, a wedding facility so i have a place to have a conference that mm-hmm. i can use for basically free so that's a, a real advantage so we did a conference november not this past november but the one before that and then we did it again this past year and i got decided the second year to, to do it a little bit bigger and i flew in some people I had brian fullerton brian shane from top notch had uh, alan hayne the lawn care nut come and then got sponsorships and had some really great sponsors involved and and it it was a big success, and that's helped um, promote my, I guess you'd say, brand on YouTube. Because when you have an event like that, it, it helped connect me with some of the larger companies out there. So I've developed a relationship with Skag and Xmark and Spiker Spreaders and Jobber uh, Software and some of these other companies that that I was able to connect with through having an event. That's awesome. Yeah, I was at the Echo UAG thing that weekend. So I was a week I wasn't able to go and I'm looking on social media. I'm like, man, Brian's lawn maintenance is there, top notch is there, Alan Haynes there. I'm like, man, you got the big boys to come down to Alabama. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I called Alan. I, Alan and I actually had a mutual friend. I never met him. I talked to my mutual friend. I said, hey, uh, can you give me Alan's uh, contact information? He said, sure. So so I called Alan first, and uh, and he's so such a great guy and real easy to work with, and and he just like, oh sure man, I'd love to come, and uh, just was so casual about it. And when I got off the phone with him, I was like, because I was still sort of halfway uncommitted to even mm-hmm. doing the thing, you know, because it's a lot of work to put it on and trying to do that along with my business. And when he committed, I was like, well, I guess I got to do it now. Yeah, you know, I can't really turn back i got alan the lawn care nut coming and um and then so i called the the two brines and they both said yes wow. and, uh, and i said okay i guess we're having a conference yeah. this year and i didn't i didn't really call anybody else i said that's that should be enough and then i got yeah that, you know, i'd say sponsors so got behind it and so it was great so what's the plans for 2019 are you guys going to have a conference this fall 
Well, I'm, I'm, I think we'll do it again. I've, instead of doing it in November, which is what we've done the past two years, I think I'm leaning more toward doing something in February of 2020. Okay. Um, the reason being, I felt like November uh, 1, it's, it's very close to the GIE, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to have to compete with that. I love the GIE, and um, I just want to go be there and enjoy it for what it is and not have to be thinking about my conference. And and then two, the mowing people are, are kind of burnt out in November. Right, I right. feel like they just ended the, the long year of of cutting grass, and and in February people are sort of getting excited again. So I feel like yeah, you know, there's no perfect time to be honest with. You. I mean, every if I do it in November, there's that works for some people. Some people say, oh no, I I, I went to GIE, I can't right, go right, to another. Right trip some people say uh, that's deer hunting season i can't miss that you know but and if i do it in february i'm sure there'll be things that come up then too but i just personally um november just seems too close to be honest with you and we sort of made the decision until last year i said i think we'll do it again we'll do it in february that sounds like a really good idea and uh i really appreciate your time i want to make sure people can really connect with you i'm looking at your website here it's really well did you build that yourself or what longcarelife.com well i i dabble with wordpress a little bit so i built a website but then i had a, a professional person come in and make it look more appealing yeah it looks really good so tell me a little bit about this masters academy here i'm looking at yeah so what i did that's my video course and actually it's not even on them i'm not a great marketer but i when people buy that they we do we did include the conference videos too so we had our conference professionally recorded oh, wow. and it's all included there with that master's thing and then my marketing letters and all the stuff i sell so um it that's really designed you know i do a lot of weed control and fertilization that's really more designed for somebody who's uh, kind of in the initial stages of getting into business i'm not saying it wouldn't benefit somebody that's been doing it a while but I mean, I start at the very beginning from naming your business to getting a business license to buying insurance, you know, so I'm just thinking like if somebody's starting a business next week, what would they need to know? And then you progress from there and go into marketing and um, employees and just, I'm, I just thought through it, what everything I could think of. And then I try to make myself available to those people. It, the thing that happens, the way it works, that I've seen Paul and people there's a sometimes we get comments on YouTube where people say like you know you get people that are upset if you make a dollar off of your YouTube channel they think everything should be free and and the and that you if you charge any money that means that you're not uh, wanting to help people and you sold out and that kind of thing so I'll, just to address that real quick like I think most of the YouTube people I met, and there's some really great guys I really enjoy being around. Like they genuinely want to help people, just right, like I, right, I right. really want to help people. Right. But there comes a point where, like, I've got four young kids, I've got my own lawn business, I've got, um, you know, my YouTube stuff going on, and it's like I can't necessarily just take time out every to answer every question, every comment on YouTube, and so it becomes a point where you think, I mean, and it, it's a business. I'm I'm trying to make a little bit of money, and so you do sort of develop things where that's for where the coaching came from. Um, I thought, well, I don't mind helping people. I mean, I like helping people, but I can't help everybody. And I don't even charge a, a very lot of money, just to be honest with you, for the coaching stuff. But I'm going to charge something because I want them to have something in the game. And right. and then that way, when people say, hey, you know, would you, would you help me with this? I say, well, 
you know what, here's a few options for you. If you'll just contribute to the channel some degree, then I'll be happy to help you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and some people, when you tell them that, you never hear from them again and they don't want to pay, and that's fine. I, I'm okay with that. I, understand, I don't know their situation, but, you know, it, it just gets really busy. And for me to take time to answer people's questions and things, it's taken away from my own business and my own family. So, you know, that's just how it is. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate your content. I was out in the streets and uh, working and a Spanish guy's name is uh, Felipe. And I asked him a question about uh, when you put pre-emergent down and fescue and this, that, and another. He's like, oh, he's like, there's this guy named Jason Creole. And he says to do it this time. And I mean, this guy, this Spanish guy sitting here educating me from what he learned from you. Um, and I just thought that was so cool. And, and uh, yeah, just... it, it, it's, it's kind of weird sometimes. Like I had a guy that, you know, I'm out spraying a yard. This was about two or three weeks ago. And this lawn care guy's got a spray tank on the back of his truck. He comes driving through, he slows down. And I think I was actually on the phone at the moment and he slows down. He's like, Hey, I watch you on YouTube. I just want to know you've been a lot of help to me. I mean, my, the butcher at the grocery store where I go to the grocery store by my house, he's like, Hey Jason, I mean, you know, I love watching your videos, you know, cause he, he's just a homeowner. He's not in a, in a lawn business, but you know, that that's cool. I'm glad that, that it helps people and whether it be a homeowner or somebody starting their business and, you know, people seem to find it relevant. And, and it's mostly, you know, when I talk about weed control and fertilization, I'm in the South, so I deal with warm season grass and that sort of thing. But I, I want to help those people. And I'm also trying to help people who are, who are starting a lawn business, not necessarily to make millions of dollars. I just want to be able to equip them to make some good decisions that first year or two so they can get off the ground. And then from there, you know, some of them will go on and be uber successful and some of them won't, won't make it. And that's, that's kind of them, but I just, I'm sort of helping them in that first year or two. Oh, that's terrific. Well, I really appreciate your time. It's the weekend. I know you got to get back to spending some quality time with your family, but I appreciate you joining us. And what's the best way for people to connect with you? Well, I think if they want to follow me, I, I don't, I'm not too big on the uh, social media other sites other than YouTube. So I would say subscribe my channel. I am on Instagram. I think it's uh, Lawn Care Live or The Lawn Care Live. I'm, I'm not even sure what my what my name is, to be honest with you. But, but YouTube, by far and away, is the best way. And I'm trying to get a little better on my email uh, marketing. So if somebody wants to um, go to lawncarelife.com, there's a email list you could join. And, and we try to keep all that stuff relevant and not too spammy because I respect people. Um, you know, you don't want to get emails or videos for that matter that are not have relevant content in it. Okay. And you can just stay in touch with you on YouTube and you'll update us when you finalize the dates. If you're going to do another conference in February, 2020. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to make a decision on that sooner than later because it it does take some time to put together. But um, I I would say right now, I I feel, you know, more than 50% chance that that we would do it. Uh, Like I said, I've got a free place to use. That's a, a huge built-in advantage. And then after doing it twice, almost like running my third lawn business, I mean, I, I feel like it would be easier to put together this year because I kind of have some relationships with some of the sponsors. Some of them told me, hey, if you do it again, we're definitely in uh, to sponsor this next year. So, you know, last year, I think it was, it was we had such a difficult time not putting together. The event went great. It was, uh, we had sold our house and we're moving at the very same time of the conference. So, it was uh, trying to get the new house ready and get the old house ready to sell and, and then doing the conference. And then my business, you know, weeks control fertilization, there's really no breaks in it. It just keeps going, you know. So yeah. I had to, anyway, it just made for a super hectic month. 
And I think that's what um, put a little hesitancy in, in me doing it again. But, you know, I think we will do it again because it, it's something I do enjoy and like doing it. I just don't like all the prep, getting it ready. Right. Well, I really appreciate your time. I know it's the spring rush down here in Atlanta and Alabama. And I really appreciate on the weekend you taking a moment and uh, joining us on the podcast. Thank you very much, Jason. All right. Thanks a lot, Paul. Call me if you need anything. Awesome. Man.